Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we hope to deliver is a conversation that's less than fascinating so that you can feel free to just relax, drift off, and just enjoy. I want to thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. Follow us at Listen and Sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. Today's show is brought to you by Casper.com. And uh, if you want to get $50 towards the purchase of any mattress with Casper.com, go to our URL, which is caspertrial.com slash insomnia. You can get yourself a twin, a twin XL, a full, a queen, a king, or a California king. I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming a new friend to the podcast, Bobby Goddard. Yes, that's right. Thank you for being a part of the Insomnia Project. It's my pleasure. Now, Bobby, you're the first person that I've had on the show from Saskatchewan. Yes. And I say it wrong, don't I? <laughs> you do. <laughs> How do you say it? You're a dead giveaway for a foreigner. I know. Because you say Saskatchewan. Okay. Uh, but it is a schwa at the end of okay. that word, so it's Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been... Oh. But I really want to go. It's so majestic. I want to go in particular because, and I I apologize that I uh, interrupted you, because of what I've heard you describe. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. uh, Yeah, there there you go. go. You're learning. I love Saskatchewan because of its majesty. Okay. So it's known as the land of the living skies, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's this terrible joke where they say Saskatchewan is the only place where you can watch your dog run away for a week. Right. And so people have this idea that it's this flat, barren landscape. But the truth is that it's because it's farm country, it's full of these beautiful rolling hills. And all that flat means really is that you can see sky for days and days. And I lived in the Northwest Territories for a while, quite close to the Arctic Circle. And even there, I didn't see northern lights like you see in northern Saskatchewan. Wow. It's astonishingly beautiful because it's so vast and because it's not a densely populated urban province. Mm. Even in cities, there's not the kind of light pollution that you'd right. get in Toronto or Calgary. And sure. so, so the skies are just endless. Wow, you're like a... <laughs> you should be on the tourism board because... <laughs> One, I didn't realize you could see the northern lights better there than you can in the northern part of Canada. But two, in particular, the way you describe it, really, now I really got to get going to 
Yeah, and there's something lovely too about the cycle of life in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. That sounds really wanky, but sure. I mean that when you travel mm -hmm. through Saskatchewan in the fall mm -hmm. or in the late summer, you can see all of the fields ready for harvest. Sure. So the colors change depending on the season. So it's this gorgeous gold and the colors of the canola fields are just like astonishing. And of course, wheat. Everyone, or yeah. I always think of wheat when I think of the prairies yeah. in particular. I have a tattoo of a stalk of I wheat know. on my arm, actually. Hey, I think it's a great tattoo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I like that it's simple and yet very specific. Does that make sense? Yeah, and one of the final factors in me deciding to get it was that I liked that it looked like something else from a distance. Sometimes people are like, oh, you have a feather mm -hmm. or you have an arrow, mm -hmm. but then on closer look, you know, you can tell that it's a stalk of wheat, but it's like the ultimate romance for the prairies to like tattoo it on your arm. Sure. But there's so much symbolism when it comes to wheat. Sure. Um, in vast cultures around the world. And for me, it's always associated with virtue. Oh. Virtue, something warm, something um, life-giving, sure. because from wheat you get bread, mm -hmm. and from bread, so much comes forth, right? Yeah, and there's something too about the fact that not every year brings a rich harvest, right? But we still reap it mm -hmm. nonetheless, yeah. And then hope that the next year will be more fruitful. So there's something constant in that inconstancy. And there's something um, you've got to work hard. Yes. <laughs> you know, you ha like you said, you have to reap, and you have to, you know, there's, there's, it's more than just you there's so many factors when it comes to wheat right yeah. there's the uh, you know sun rain weather um, planting harvesting there's so much that goes it's a hard-working symbol I think and I you're a hard-working so. person so I think it's apropos <laughs> I hope so <laughs> now I want to talk about something that a I definitely want to have the pleasure of doing with you, which is going to see a baseball game. Oh, it would be my great pleasure. Because I know very little about baseball, <laughs> and you know a lot about baseball. I do, actually. Tell yeah. me what you love about baseball. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's the perfect topic for a podcast where you hope that people will listen and sleep. Sure. Because as I'm sure many of your listeners know, baseball is often considered the most boring sport in existence. Okay. But that's actually what I love about it, because I love that it can be the most simple game mm -hmm. one side wants to get a run one side wants to get them out that's it right or you can follow follow the rabbit hole of statisticians and cybermetrics right. and um, you know prospects and minor leagues and you can go all the way down the rabbit hole or you can just sit and there's something I've read a lot about baseball as well and a common theme is the meditative quality okay. of, of the game because it's not, it's not like basketball where there's constant action back sure. and forth, back and forth. Sure. Uh, sometimes you'll watch a game for three hours and the only exciting quote-unquote mm -hmm. thing that happens is in the last two minutes. Or not at all. But there's something constant about it. Interestingly enough, talking mm -hmm. about the constancy of the land. There is something uh, that baseball will always be there, right? Sure. Yeah. So what do you do in those moments where nothing exciting happens? Oh, I just find it it calms me. You know, I okay. read this this book by a Toronto journalist who loves baseball okay. called um, Baseball Life Advice. And uh, she talks about how she has anxiety 
and I can be an anxious person as well. And she said, I know it sounds wild, but when I go to a stadium with 40,000 people to watch a baseball game, I, that is the only time that I feel at ease. Wow. And I, I get that. I totally, that totally resonated with me when I read that because everything else sort of fades. Right. And it's just you and baseball. Wow. And let me ask you this. Do you prefer to be at the stadium watching baseball or do you prefer watching on television? Because it's two very different experiences. It is, yeah. I I love baseball in every form. Okay. So I watch it at home all the time. Right. But I, I went to, so I recently moved to Toronto mm -hmm. and I probably went to 15 games this wow. spring. But, and I left town in July. So, oh my goodness. So in... Two months, thereabouts, I went to 15 games. Wow. I'll just buy cheap tickets and go by myself. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah. Now let's talk stats. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't understand them. It's because they're very confusing. How does it work? How does it... I don't know if you're even going to be able to explain this to someone like myself, but just give me an overview if you can. Sure. I mean, if you read old-timey baseball cats, mm -hmm. they'll, t you know, they'll deride the fact that the game has become all about calculation right. because you can really put everything into a metric so right. you have you know you'll hear people talk about ribbies so okay. that's runs batted in you'll hear okay. people talk about their batting average you'll hear stats about a pitcher how you know how many balls they throw how many strikes they throw what kind of pitch they throw oh fastball heater curveball slider sure um and uh and the fact is that you can plug all of those things into an equation but you can't you can't calculate the unknown, which right. is talent and surprise, wow. which is present in any sport. So you can you can do the math on it, but ultimately what makes a player great in the history of baseball is the way they make their fans feel. Oh. I would say. That's great. There's no metric for that. Yeah. <laughs> so who is the player that makes you feel the best? Or the players? Mm. Is there one? Or can you not say? Oh, it's very hard to choose a sure, favorite. Sure, fair enough. Um, what I will say is the kind of player. Okay. I that's, won't, I won't okay. name a player. Okay. But I, I am attracted to the players that fly under the radar. So they don't have the biggest stats. Sure. They're not necessarily heralded as the best athletes when they come to the big leagues. But they are the everyday, work-a-day men. They're like... They're the man you want on your team when you go to battle because okay. they're going to play the same game every night, 186 games. Wow. Without fatigue. They're tireless baseball players. Right. I mean, it's a massively long season. Sure. And the best ones play almost every single night. Wow. Yeah. And they're kind of, I don't want to say the unsung heroes, maybe the workhorses of the, of the game. That's a great way to put it. Wow. Yeah. Those are the players that I tend to fall in love with, the ones who... They just come out and deliver every night. Wow. Yeah. And let me ask you this. What's the game to date that you remember best? Is there one? Oh, I have a few that come okay. to mind. Um, I think of the first time I took my father to a major okay. league baseball game. I took him to a Red Sox game. And just being there with him was a magical memory. I remember the first game I saw live, which uh, is what sparked my fascination and mm -hmm. my love. And then I got to go last year when the Blue Jays were in the American League 
division series. They only won one game wow. when they played against Cleveland out of five, and I was at the one that they won. You're the ticket. <laughs> yes, I, I believe it was my doing, actually. <laughs> it That's was incredible. Great. It was like 50,000 people, and in the championship series, they always have, they give everyone a rally towel, mm. so you have, you know, thousands upon thousands of people waving these little pieces of fabric in the air, and it's just like, I guess it's fanaticism, but it doesn't feel panicked. Mm -hmm. It feels just like a collective excitement. Sure. Yeah. Almost like a community of totally. people who get together to celebrate the team that they love. Yeah, there's something beautiful uh, in the same way that I love live theater because uh, your audiences are having a collective experience. Mm -hmm. I always said I wish we could bottle what sports has figured out with its fans for the theater because oh. that same sort of shared goal of glory, you know, it brings us all together. Even when you don't know someone that's sitting in front of you, behind you, you fall in love with each other because you're both rooting for the same win. Sure. And it's very appropriate that you would mention theater because you and I are do currently doing a show together. Yes, we are. And I mean, I know I don't have to say this, but you're marvelous. Oh. Absolutely marvelous. It's like everything that you do on stage is just tremendous. That's very gracious. And of I'm you. not saying it because you're here, but it's I know it will sound that way. <laughs> I do want to say this because we often talk about the moments before. What's the moment before stepping on stage like for you? Mm. I wouldn't say it's nervousness. Okay. I would say the moment before is this great uh, sort of like moment of possibility. Oh. So I remember a teacher once said to me, uh, the only thing you can know is the words. Everything else is indetermined. How your acting partner will respond to you, um, how the audience will respond to you, whether or not the lights work or the fire alarm goes off, all of that is out of your control. Right. All you can control is that you know your words. And to me, that was a great relief because I didn't have to force anything. I just trusted that I knew the words and the rest would reveal itself. So I try to remind myself of that. So for me, the moment before is this great opportunity for, you know, any number of magical things could happen as long as I'm ready for it. Kind of like in baseball too, right? That is correct. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to mention before, because I want to talk to you about theater and baseball in this just a second, but sure. I want to mention that our show, this episode is sponsored by Casper Mattress, and I mentioned that I was going to talk about it in the middle of our show. Uh, one of the things I love about Casper Mattresses, speaking of different places in Canada, is no matter where you are in North America, they will deliver and the price will not change. So you could be in the most northern part of North America, the most southern, eastern, western, and you're going to pay the same price as you would if you were in New York City, Cleveland, Cleveland, or Cleveland, whatever that sure. is, Detroit, uh, Los Angeles, Toronto, Yellowknife, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. You're going to pay you the same price. Right. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> and uh, you have 100 days to test it out. Hmm. And if it's not to your liking, they'll come, they'll take it away, and they'll donate it to some charity that requires pets. Oh, they donate it. Yeah, they don't destroy it, and I respect that. That's wonderful. So that's Casper. If you want to get $50, that's five zero off the purchase of your mattress, go to caspertrial.com slash insomnia and use the code 50sleep. That's five zero sleep 
So we were talking about theater, mm -hmm. and prior to that, we were talking about baseball. And I want to ask you, how would you feel about being in a theatrical show about baseball? Oh, well, wouldn't that just be the yeah. dream? I'm trying to think. I, there's one, I think it's called 12 Men Out. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just saying things as if I know. But I remember it was at one of the theaters near, near our place. I didn't go see it, but it had quite a large cast. That's why I think it was called 12 Men Out. About baseball. There has got to be a stage version of a league of their own. Yeah, there should Wouldn't be. Wouldn't you think? If the, there isn't, and someone's listening and wants to make it, I will be in it. What about a musical? Well, that's what a I'm saying. A baseball musical. You, would, you have a tremendous voice. You would oh. be great in that. And that would be the dream. I'm always trying to find sneaky ways to combine my loves, you know? So the theater, and I love reading books, so I'm like, it's a natural mm -hmm. thing, right? You want to research a play, you get to read six books about whatever the play's about. Natural. Sure. If I could find a way to make baseball a part of my job as an actor, that sure. would be the dream. <laughs> well, you could you could sing the anthem at stadiums. Oh, yeah. I did that once. Amazing. As a part of a larger group of people. Yeah. Because I couldn't do it on just me. <laughs> you wouldn't want to hear that. What type of books do you like to read? Oh, everything. Really? Yeah. You don't have one sort of. I like. I read a lot of fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, because I find I have a max capacity for nonfiction. Okay. It starts to make my brain turn to mush. Sure. So I can only read it in small doses. But I I love fiction. I love Shakespeare. Um, What's the last page turner you read? Oh, what is the last page turner I read? I'll tell you about mine, so it'll yeah. give you a second to think. So Anne Marie MacDonald wrote this book called Fall on Your Knees. Yes. And I don't read large volumes. I just can't. It's not my thing. If it's more than 400 pages, I just, I avoid it. But this particular book was written by a Canadian author, and it was featured on Oprah's read this book list or whatever it's called okay. that she, she does. And I remember thinking, okay, I should read this because it's by a local author. It's on Oprah's list, book list. The old, I don't even remember what it is, but Oprah said The Oprah it. Book Club. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. I'm going to read it. And it, it was like a thousand pages. And I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm trying to get into it, I'm trying to get into it. It's like, oh my, I'm, I'm 400 pages in, it feels like it's never going to end. And, you know, there were some nice moments, but few and far between. And then I got to the last hundred pages and I couldn't turn the pages fast enough. My eyes couldn't absorb the words fast enough because it was so exciting so great that I was like I don't even care about the first 600 pages I read because right now I'm having just the best time ever and that was the last real page turner I read actually funnily enough the last one was probably a non-fiction book mm -hmm. um, and it was called uh, From Here to Eternity Traveling the World in Search of the Good Death oh and it's this woman who has spent the last 10 years in the funeral industry. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she started working in crematoriums. Mm -hmm. And then eventually she opened her own funeral home. And she's written another book about her work as a cremator. Is that the word, cremator? A that sounds right cremates. to me. Um, and this time she traveled the world observing the way other cultures, countries, and faiths deal with their dead okay. and she just talks about several examples I mean she goes to this tiny little island in Indonesia she goes to this place in Colorado that has 
um, the only open air pyre in North America. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, and she just engages with the way people treat their dead, and I found it fascinating. What was the name of this book again? From Here to Eternity, uh, Traveling the World in Search of the Good Death. And I will write that in our show notes in case anybody wants to cool, check out yeah. that that particular book. Yeah. Fascinating. So. What you need is to read a play about baseball that would combine all three of your loves. <laughs> that would be the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Reading it, I've got maybe it's called Eight Men Out. I'm gonna look up this other oh, this yeah. play and try to figure it out so that I can tell you tell you about it. There yeah. should be. It'd be great to be great to see a play about baseball that had a female cast. Sure. I mean, people love a league of their own. Yeah, for a and I and I think. It's because of that. It's like... I mean, people love baseball for the same reason... You know when you are in a foreign country mm -hmm. and you hear your native tongue being spoken? Yes. There's a sense of connection and understanding and collectivity that happens all of a sudden just because you recognize your own language. Sure. Baseball has its own language, so there's something familiar about it. No matter, you know... you. Someone could be a total stranger to you, but if you're talking about baseball, you're speaking their language. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then let me ask you this, with regards to the language of baseball. Mm. For our listeners who may not be familiar with the sport, sure. what would you tell someone who's never seen baseball or who isn't really that into it when they watch a game, what they should be looking out for? They should watch it with someone who loves it. Okay. That's the thing. That. Yeah. Because it's true of anything. If you engage with something that is foreign to you but is deeply loved by the person you're watching it with, you'll see it through their eyes sure. every time. So if you are not sold on baseball, watch it with someone who is. I've often said, you know, I'm not a fan of math, but I could watch someone who's passionate about math talk about math for an hour because you enjoy the passion that that other person brings to the table or to the lecture or to whatever. Yeah. And I have a feeling that's why I got into the arts because the teachers during my formative years who taught those classes were passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So it was e I felt it was easy and fun and something I wanted to get involved with. Yeah, if someone's keen to teach you their language, mm -hmm. you'll be keen to learn it. Yeah. 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 It, um... My father recently passed away mm -hmm. in uh, in August, and uh, I credit baseball with um, saving our relationship. Really? Um, I fell in love with baseball about four years ago now, and became quickly obsessed. Like, it was a rapid love affair. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started talking about it with my dad. Mm -hmm. And when I moved across the country, we would text every single day about baseball. Wow. He would text me while I was at the game and mm -hmm. I'd be like, Dad, I know what happened. I'm watching him literally <laughs> right here, Dad. Uh, and it, it became our language as father and daughter. And uh -huh. we had never, we had tried and failed to meet each other so many times. Right. We just did not speak the same language. And baseball ended up being the one. What a lovely gift. Yes. What a lovely gift and what a lovely way to celebrate your dad and your relationship when you watch a game. Oh, I'll never be able to watch it without him. Mm -hmm. You know, like forever it is wrapped up in my love for him. Oh, that's so wonderful. What a lovely, lovely thought. Um, so then I have to ask, mm. why the Blue Jays? 
That's your team, right? Yeah. And if there's any Blue Jays out there <laughs> listening to our podcast, and you can get our guest <laughs> passes to come to the pit. What do you call that? You <laughs> the know, dugout. the it's dugout. The dugout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Let's so call terrible. It the pit. That's great. So that you can hang out and tell and let them see your passion for the game. It's funny that you asked me this mm. because so the first game I ever saw was mm. a Blue Jays game. So okay. that but that seems too easy. Sure. Right? Um, I I saw a Blue Jays game and I had, was new to Toronto and so I start and that was when they were winning again and they hadn't won in a long time. Right. So a lot of people said, "Oh, you're a bandwagon jumper," and I said, "If if I am, I'm driving the wagon and I'm awesome. okay with it." Yeah. And then they started to lose and I was still a fan. And my mother said to me. Well, you know, it's fun now, but what if, you know, they go back to another slump? And I said, and you will not believe me, but this is true. I said, I vow from now until the day I die to be a Blue Jays oh, fan, win or lose. And she said, oh, Bobby, you're so dramatic. And I said, <laughs> I know, but I mean it. And they did not have a great season this year, right. but I stayed true and I will honor it until the day I die. Wow. Well, I'll say this. Blue Jays are lucky to have you as a fan, as are we lucky to have you on this particular podcast. It's my great pleasure, Mark. I want to thank you, Bobby, for being part of this podcast. We are recording this one in Prince George, British Columbia. Beautiful, beautiful place. The bustling metropolis of Prince George, yes. British Columbia. <laughs> and uh, see, watching the logging trucks drive by, you may have heard one or two on yeah. this podcast. On their way to the pulp mill. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank you, as always. The Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions. And thank you for listening.